What is up, Bruins fans? Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your favorite team every single day. TGIF, am I right? I'm your host, Ian McLaren, and this is a daily Boston Bruins podcast where we discuss all things spoke to be, as well as take a look around the NHL. The podcast is available wherever you can find podcasts, whether it be Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher, Pocket Casts. Please subscribe, and each new episode will be automatically uploaded to your feed for you to download, listen, and enjoy. If you could also rate and review, that would be very much appreciated. You can also find the podcast by saying, hey, Google. Play the Locked On Boston Bruins podcast. Sure. Locked On Bruins, daily podcast on the Boston Bruins on Google Podcasts. Here's where you left off. Wow, technology is unbelievable. Hey, be quiet. Um, so yeah, please do that. Uh, you can follow the show on Twitter at LO underscore Boston Bruins. You can also find me on that website at Ian C. McLaren. And if you want to email me, you can do so at LockedOnBostonBruins at gmail.com. First of all, forgive me if I seem a bit distracted. It is a little crazy around here at the moment. And uh, yeah, just doing my best to get the podcast out to you all as I wade through the waters of COVID-19 quarantine, working at home, three children in tow, just finished off a cider as well. So things are looking pretty good at the moment, to be honest. Um, today on the podcast, we are going to continue our look at the power rankings. Yesterday, I looked at the Eastern Conference and ranked the teams 12 to 1. We'll do so again for the Western Conference clubs and also uh, begin by taking a look at uh, practice on. Thursday and the big story I mean again was the absence of David Pasternak and Andre Kasha Cam Neely said earlier this week that you know it looks like they won't join the team or practice with the team until they come to Toronto on Sunday and that is forcing Bruce Cassidy to make adjustments and look elsewhere and see whether or not one of Anders Bjork, Carson Kuhlman, or Jack Sinica fits into a top six role, even when Kasha returns. Uh, Pasternak, we all know when he comes back, he'll be automatically put on the top line, but the slot beside Jake DeBrusque and David Krejci remains open. In practice on Thursday, it was Jack Stanika who uh, took that spot, and... Cassidy was asked if he's given serious thought to uh, putting one of those three players in that top six role. And he said, you know, it's a possibility. Andre hasn't joined the team traveling on Sunday. Two practices left before they hit Toronto, including here on Friday, one on Saturday. Cassidy said, Kasha has some catching up to do. If we feel he's not caught up and Bjork is playing well, or Jack for that matter, I'll say Bjork and Cooley because they were here pretty much a major part of the year. So they would have the upper hand over Stadnika. But he said if it happens to be Jack or somebody else in the mix, that's the direction we'll go. I haven't seen Andre play in the playoffs. Sometimes those guys have that advantage. The veteran guys, they have been there. But this is a different game. The stakes go up. 
You've got to experience it to truly appreciate it. All that to say, Kasha's absence has left the door open for Bjork or Kuhlman or maybe even Studnika to jump in the lineup and take advantage of the opportunity that has arisen to um, take that top six spot that we had all thought Kasha would grab upon arriving from Anaheim at the trade deadline. Thankfully, Charlie McAvoy was back at practice on Thursday, and uh, the only real question on defense right now is whether or not Jeremy Lozon can grab that uh, slot alongside Matt Grizzlick, or if someone else might step into that role, uh, who the seventh and the eighth defenseman will be. Uh, Connor Clifton has returned from a two and a half month absence, and he got some reps in the playoff lineup last year. Uh, Lozon said on Thursday, you know, for everyone, it was disappointing to put a pause on the season. The team was rolling, and I, Lozon, was starting to feel really comfortable on that right side with Grizz. Right now, he feels really good, happy to be back. And he said slowly he and Grizz are starting to get that chemistry back during practice. The rhythm has been very good lately, just trying to work hard and get back to where his game was at before the pause. We all know the top five is pretty set with Chara, McAvoy, Krug, Carlo, and Grizzlick. After that, there's plenty of competition to grab that sixth spot, including, like I said, Clifton, John Moore, and then Yerho Vakanainen and Jacobs Borrell are also trying to show that they're able to step in. Um, Lozon said Clifton and Moore are at 100%, both really good players. We have 8D that can play in this league. I came here with the mentality that I want to win my spot back, and that's what I try to do every day, work hard on the ice, off the ice, letting coach know that I'm ready. Clifton, for his part, he said, obviously quarantine hit, and he is therefore on the outside looking in because Lozon stepped up. A lot can happen in the playoffs, and he'll be ready to go when called upon, if called upon. No one could have predicted this. You have to deal with it. He thinks he did a good job dealing with it, getting his body and mind right for return to play. Unprecedented times, but I think he said, as a team, we've all done a really good job to stay in shape and stay ready to go, and camp has been pretty good so far. Another interesting note that uh, Jeremy Lozon brought up is that both of his parents are uh, doctors, and he said, they're really informed. The good sign for us was back home in Quebec, there's really not a lot of virus right now. Quebec was one of the hot spots in Quebec, but in their town of Val d'Or, which is a bit north, uh, pretty much contained. First case in a month on Wednesday, he said, uh, we were really blessed not having to deal with the virus, but even if it wasn't there, his parents had to take meetings and stay informed, and they really helped him to get a handle on what he needs to do to protect himself and um, he is very prepared going into the bubble and should, you know, really help his uh, teammates stay informed and stay protected as well as they head up to Toronto and uh, get contained inside that bubble. So that's pretty much the wrap up from practice on Thursday. Uh, the team will skate again here on Friday and again on Saturday and travel to Toronto on Sunday to begin practicing there and getting set up in advance of next Thursday's game 
exhibition game against the Columbus Blue Jackets. Just as a PSA, the podcast next week will be a bit different for the first few episodes at the very least. I'll be teaming up with the hosts of the Locked On Lightning, Flyers, and Capitals podcasts to break down the round robin and kind of give our predictions and assessments on that. So you'll hear that, uh, I believe, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And then on Thursday, be back at the normal programming with a preview of the uh, exhibition game, any news and notes that have come up in the meantime, as well as, um, yeah, what we can expect from that first exhibition game and, and how things have been going as the Bruins settle into uh, the bubble. Yesterday on the podcast, I went through the Eastern Conference and ranked each team from 12 to 1. So if you missed that, do go back and listen. Today, we'll take a look at the Western Conference and stack up the teams who, fingers crossed, have a chance to meet our Boston Bruins in the Stanley Cup Final. And again, we'll start at 12, work our way back up to 1. In the 12th spot, I'm going to put the Chicago Blackhawks. They finished with a record of 32, 30, and 8, a 514 point percentage. They had a Western Conference worst among the playoff teams anyways, the 12 teams. Goal differential of minus 6. There's some concerns about whether Corey Crawford will be available for them. And, you know, I don't know. They have... The Blackhawks are an example of a team that hasn't really been able to adapt in the salary cap era. They have really uh, top-heavy contract situations invested in players kind of beyond their prime, specifically Duncan Keith and Brent Seabrook. Um, You could argue that Taves and Kane are adequately paid. Maybe Taves is a bit high, uh, but they haven't really been able to complement those players with... uh, you know, enough talent to keep them afloat or keep them a playoff team at the very least. So they're 12th going into the playoff round. They're going to have to play the Edmonton Oilers. And I really think the Oilers uh, won't have too much trouble with the Blackhawks uh, as the fifth team. I should say off the top that, again, the Western Conference will be split between the four teams playing in the round robin, and then the bottom eight teams who will play each other in the qualifying round. As I mentioned, Chicago will take on Edmonton. Then we'll have Nashville versus Arizona, Vancouver against Minnesota, and Calgary and Winnipeg. So I'm going to give Chicago the 12th spot. In the 11th spot, I'm actually going to put the Minnesota Wild. I'm not very high on the Wild, to be honest. Uh, They're very underwhelming. They're still... Getting to know their new head coach after firing Bruce Boudreaux during the season. Dean Evason has taken over. The interim tag has been removed, but uh, I mean, the Wild just don't really do it for me. They have a minus five goal differential, if I said that already. Um, A record of 35, 27, and 7. A 558 point percentage, which was better than Arizona, but I'm going to put Arizona in the 10 spot. Uh, They have Taylor Hall, Phil Kessel. They have two very good goalies in Antti Ranta and Darcy Kemper. And I joked yesterday on the podcast that while, uh, you know, St. Louis, Boston might be favored to return to the Stanley Cup final, we're 
probably going to see something crazy like Arizona and Florida, for example. And I think Arizona could surprise. Uh, Phil Kessel is a playoff performer. They have uh, the pieces to surprise, I think, especially if their goaltending steps up as it as it should. Darcy Kemper was one of the top goalies in the NHL this year, and you could argue that he should have been a Vesna finalist. So I'm putting Arizona in the uh, the 10 spot ahead of Minnesota. In ninth place, I'm going to flip the Flames and Jets and put the Flames in ninth place. Uh, they've had a really weird return to play situation where the teams the team was split into two kind of scrimmages. It really seems like Johnny Godreau isn't in favor there at the moment. They did have a minus five goal differential. I'm not at all sold on their goaltending with, um, you know, Cam Talbot and David Riddich. And I don't know. It, things just seem a bit off in Calgary these days. And I really think that the Jets should be favored over the Flames. They have Connor Hellebuck, who is a Vesna Trophy finalist, arguably should be an MVP candidate based on the way he carried the team uh, after some real losses on defense, most specifically Dustin Bufflin. These two teams were separated by point. 001 of a percentage point in the uh, standings. And I would pick Winnipeg over Calgary at this point. So Chicago 12, Minnesota 11, Arizona 10, Calgary 9, and I'll put Winnipeg in 8. And uh, I think Winnipeg will beat Calgary and take that um, playoff spot from the Flames. In seventh, I'm going to put the Nashville Predators. Uh, they have, you know, a decent team. They were Stanley Cup finalists a couple years ago. Um, Norris Trophy finalist in Roman Yossi. Some good goaltending and some great offense. Uh, but I, I really think Vancouver deserves to be over them in the sixth spot. They had twin point percentages of 565. However, Vancouver had a plus 11 goal differential. Nashville's was at minus two. And in all honesty, I could see the Nashville Predators surprising here and taking uh, a series against the Predators. Um, So I'm going to put Nashville in seventh, Vancouver in sixth. And to be honest, I could see Vancouver making some serious noise in in these playoffs. They have Jacob Markstrom, who, who is great this season. Uh, they have a very talented forward core led by Elias Peterson, who's a, a superstar. They have depth on defense as well, and I could see them making some noise in, in this tournament, uh, to be quite honest. In fifth, I'm going to put the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, I think they did a pretty good job of boosting their depth at the trade deadline, uh, adding Andreas Athanasiu, who fell out of favor in Detroit, but is as quick as they come. And I think he and McDavid could form a pretty potent uh, punch up front, splitting up McDavid and Dreisaitl and giving them just, uh, you know, that forward depth that they need to succeed at the NHL uh, playoffs. I don't really know about Mike Smith and uh, what's his name? Mikko Koskinen in net, um, and their defense remains a bit questionable. They added Mike Green before the deadline, but he opted out. 
Um, but all things being equal, I think they are the best team of the ones who have to play to get into the playoffs. And, um, you know, by all accounts, McDavid looks amazing in training camp. People say he's faster than he was before, if that's even possible. And the fact that he was, you know, not given a nod as a Ted Lindsay trophy finalist, as a Hart trophy finalist, uh, he might want to prove that he is the best player in the NHL and, you know, make a run at that Smythe trophy. Who knows? So I'm going to put Edmonton um, as the fifth team. So if we're predicting how the qualifying round is going to go, I would say Edmonton over Chicago. Even though I put Arizona down, I think they could surprise and beat Nashville. Vancouver, 100% over Minnesota. And I'm going to take Winnipeg over Calgary. That leaves us with the top four teams. And I don't think there's really much quibbling to be done there. The Dallas Stars, I'll put as the fourth place team. Uh, they had a record of 37, 24, and 8, a 594 point percentage. Their goal differential was only plus three, uh, which um, is kind of surprising because usually it was a case that their offense was all world and their defense couldn't catch up. This time around, they had a uh, second ranked goals against of 177. Only the Bruins allowed fewer at 174. But it was their offense that didn't seem to really get going. They only scored 180 goals this season. Um, and that resulted in a plus three goal differential. So if, you know, Tyler Sagan had a bit of a down year, if he could get going, if um, their offense can step up and play as they have in the past, this could be a really dangerous team. But as it stands, they're going to be in fourth. Third place team will be the Vegas Golden Knights, a plus 16 goal differential, uh, point percentage of 606, which was uh, third in the Eastern Conference, and overall they were eighth. Um, I think, yeah, they a bit below the top two teams in my mind, but a very strong team. Uh, they added Robin Leonard. Uh, they have some great offense as well as uh, some strong players on defense, and I think they could very well make another run uh, at, a, at a Stanley Cup here. Um, but the top two teams are clearly the St. Louis Blues and the Colorado Avalanche. St. Louis Blues were second only to the Bruins in point percentage and uh, points with 94 points, a 662 point percentage. But I am actually going to put the Colorado Avalanche in first. I believe they have the depth to succeed and they dealt with a ton of injuries this season, which really kept them from rising to the top of the Western Conference. They have Nathan McKinnon, uh, who is a Hurt Trophy finalist, Kale McCarr, who is a Calder Trophy finalist and will be a Norris Trophy finalist someday. Uh, their offense is incredibly potent. They have two very formidable goalies in Philip Grubauer and Pavel Francus. And uh, while the Blues are the defending Stanley Cup champions, um, maybe they deserve the benefit of the doubt as the top team, but Colorado's uh, goal differential was plus 46, which is much greater than St. Louis's plus 32. So I'm going to give them the edge here as the top team in the Western Conference. 
Although it wouldn't surprise me if St. Louis emerged again. Uh, so yeah, that's uh, my Western Conference power rankings. To recap, I'll go 1-12 to 12 this time. I'm going to go Colorado, St. Louis, Vegas, Dallas, Edmonton, Vancouver, Nashville, Winnipeg, Calgary, Arizona, Minnesota, and Chicago. Let's finish off with some news and notes from around the NHL. And the big news on Thursday, uh, which dropped Thursday night, was details about the bubbles that the players will be living in, as well as game presentation for the return to play plan. Obviously, the big news on Thursday was the reveal of the Seattle Kraken. And uh, we touched on that in yesterday's episode, if you want to uh, take a look at that. As we all know, our Boston Bruins will be traveling to Toronto to stay in the bubble there. Um, ideally, they will advance to the conference finals and the Stanley Cup final, at which point they'll travel to Edmonton. But let's start with the Toronto Secure Zone, which is made up of two distinct areas. There's one uh, at Exhibition Place, where the Bruins will be staying, and one that's more downtown Toronto. Exhibition Place, for those who don't know too much about Toronto, is uh, just west of downtown, kind of right on Lake Ontario. The Bruins will be staying in a hotel there called Hotel X. Uh, there's player rooms, meeting rooms, areas to eat, training facilities, other amenities such as a swimming pool and a movie theater. And they'll also have access to BMO Field, which will be used as an outdoor exercise and activity space. BMO Field is home of the uh, Toronto FC soccer team, and it is on the grounds of Exhibition Place. Exhibition Place is where they usually around this time of year, we'll be setting up for a pretty big uh, fair that takes place every year up here. And um, this year, obviously, it's been closed because of um, COVID-19, as well as now the NHL plan. Also, the NHL said it will be setting up a concierge service in conjunction with local delivery companies that will allow players and staff to order items from pharmacies, department stores, grocery stores, food from restaurants in both Toronto and Edmonton. In Edmonton, I should mention, their secure zone is comprised of four luxury hotels with a variety of on-site restaurants, bars, pubs, food trucks, coffee shops. They're even going to bring a uh, Tim Hortons in there, I guess. And... Um, so that's a bit different from Toronto because it's very localized. There's one spot in Toronto. It's separated between Exhibition Place and the downtown zone, which are a few miles apart. And um, so that will look a bit different for the Eastern Conference uh, teams. Part of the NHL's goal is to ensure safety of players and staff, obviously, Toronto, there will be 64 walking and hotel security guards, as well as 33 health ambassadors at Scotiabank Arena, where the games will be played. When games are taking place, players who are not participating will be able to watch and attend games, which will be uh, interesting. I don't know if they'll be right in the stands. That'd be pretty funny if 
you know, Brad Marchand can get right up at the glass and heckle the opposition, but um, they'll be in the building at the very least. Now, as part of the effort to do more than um, just play hockey, there'll be two initiatives involving special theme nights. On August 1st, Chicago and Edmonton will play, and Montreal and Pittsburgh will play, and those games will be dedicated to frontline pandemic workers and those who are fighting for social justice. The NHL will be implementing a new campaign on August 1st called Hashtag We Skate For, and that initiative will be featured in venues and on helmets and can include customizable messages depending on a team and player's desired statement. So they could have something like, we skate for Black Lives Matter, we skate for equality. Uh, I'm sure some Oilers will have, we skate for Colby in memory of Colby Cave. Um, So that will be uh, pretty cool and interesting to see as well. Now the league is trying to have a unique look and feel to every game that's played, including local goal horns and songs of each team participating when they're the home team, uh, I guess. I don't know, maybe they'll do it for both teams. Uh, depending on uh, where they are. Fans of each of the 24 teams have replicated chants that will be played in the arena. There'll also be crowd noise provided by EA Sports. Um, And there will also be a Canadian feel to the presentation, according to the league. Michael Buble will sing the national anthems on opening night, apparently. So that's just a bit of a taste of what players can expect in the bubble, what we can expect the games to look like. It's kind of hard to describe the photo that was provided, but you can see a lot of the lower bowl seats will be blocked off. There'll be banners and screens there. Uh, So it's really going to be, yeah, very, uh, a bit more intimate interactive it won't feel like you're playing in an empty arena per se Uh, there'll be lots going on for the players to um yeah just remember this unique experience for sure and uh i for one am pretty excited to see how it will look on tv that is it for today's episode of the locked on boston ruins podcast thank you so much for tuning in i hope you've enjoyed the episodes this week And like I said, next week we'll be back with some preview content along with um, the hosts of the Locked on Lightning, Flyers, and Capitals podcasts, uh, which should be uh, very fun. I'll be recording that uh, later today, actually. And uh, yeah, hopefully Kasha and Pasternak are able to fly with the team to Toronto and the Bruins can get some sense of what the full roster will look like as they prepare for return to play, beginning with a exhibition game against the Blue Jackets next Thursday. As for weekend plans, I don't really have much. I'm actually off today. Took the day off, three-day weekend. And uh, yeah, not really sure what the weekend will hold, but I hope you are all doing well, staying safe, and keeping, um, yeah, distanced and um, doing everything we can to stay both mentally and physically healthy during these crazy times. Thanks again for listening. Go listen now to the Locked On NHL podcast, and I will uh, talk to you again on Monday, friends. Have a great weekend. Take care.